lead generation is important. It's always important. We always want to be bringing new people into our world. But once you do that, are you nurturing? Are you building relationships? Or are you just hoping that eventually it turns into a close? There's so much in between that's really valuable that leads to the sale. And it's a big piece of conversations, which is building the relationships. We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. Hey there, friends, and welcome back to another episode. Today, we are talking about how to start conversations that lead to sales. We've all been in that position where we meet someone who we think, this person might be a good fit for my product. This person might be interested in hiring me, but we're not really sure what to say to get from here where we're not even talking about business or we're not talking about our product, they don't even know it exists, to there where they understand about our product and they're actually interested and they're asking us how they can sign up or how they can buy or if we're accepting new clients. So today I'm talking to Nicole Kramer, a results-focused sales coach and an exactly what to say official certified guide. So basically there's this book out there called Exactly What to Say. It's written by a man named Phil M. Jones and he's developed a method around sales conversations and closing sales via conversation. It is actually apparently the number one most listened to nonfiction book on Audible, fun fact, and his company certifies guides in their sales method. So Nicole is one such guide, and I got to talk with her today all about what exactly this method is and how to start these conversations that turn into sales. So with that being said, here's my conversation with Nicole. Hey there, Nicole, and welcome to Work Less, Earn More. It's great to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, Jillian. Well, today I'm really looking forward to diving into this topic of sales conversations with you. I think that it's something that a lot of business owners feel that they should be better at. They know that they need to close clients or close customers. They need to turn their prospects into paying customers. And a lot of the time it feels like it's something that is out of their control. Like they just have to wait and see if someone wants to work with them. And then if they do, if they get booked, then awesome, they have a client. And because they feel like they're not really in control of the closing process, instead they focus on the lead generation process and they kind of overcompensate in that area. They do a lot of marketing and often spend a lot of more dollars and a lot more hours on marketing than they would otherwise need to if they could close a higher percentage of their leads. Yeah, they're overcompensating that way and it's not very efficient. So I'm looking forward to talking to you today about how to close a higher percentage of our leads, how to start conversations that turn into more successful sales. Excellent. Well, you hit the nail on the head, Jillian, because that is where a lot of people focus their efforts is in the wrong areas instead of like the sandwiched in between, right? Like not at the very beginning lead generation. Lead generation is important. It's always important. We always want to be bringing new people into our world. But once you do that, are you nurturing? Are you building relationships? Or are you just hoping that eventually it turns into a close? 
there's so much in between that's really valuable that leads to the sale. And it's a big piece of conversations, which is building the relationships. So let's start with the basics. What are some of the fundamentals of starting conversations that will lead to successful sales? I break it down in four cornerstones. And these are the four cornerstones for conversational excellence. So you want to keep these things in mind whenever you're starting conversations. First of all, the worst time to think about what you're going to say is the moment you're going to say it. So ultimately, you don't want to leave your sales conversations to chance, whether that's a conversation where somebody's interested in buying from you or you're really getting to know people and you're you're building the relationship. We want to think about what we're going to say prior to being in the moment of the conversation. And so what are the critical conversations in your business, in your life, right? It doesn't just have to be sales conversations, but what are your critical conversations and are you planning ahead? Are you thinking about what you might want to ask? what your intentions are for the conversation. I'm a big believer in scripts. And a lot of people feel like, why would I write a script if the other person doesn't know their lines? Well, first of all, just from the very simple, you know, practice of getting practice, if you write a script, you're really thinking about it ahead of time. You might use that script to practice with somebody. And the other person doesn't need to know their lines. But what you want to do is almost like how an actor starts with a script. And then by the time they're in the movie, they deliver the lines so believably you're crying, you're laughing. And that's really what we want to get to is having a comfort level where you're not so worried about what you're going to say, you're comfortable with it, and you're able to be there and be present in the conversation. So the obvious next question is, well, what should I plan for? Yeah, I think it's important to look at like, again, what are the critical conversations? Where are these happening in your world? Is it with a team member from your business? Is it with the sales conversations that you have just after a launch that people are booking? Is it with your husband? You know, like what are the critical conversations that are happening in your life? And are you thinking ahead to these and and really thinking about what the outcomes are that you would desire for those conversations? And I can only imagine that you can write these scripts more successfully, uh, more easily if you've had these conversations in the past. They're not just completely imaginary conversations. So probably getting out there and doing a little bit of legwork and talking to some people and having it be a little messy at first, I would imagine is an important part of the process. For sure. We want to build the plane as we're flying it, as they say, right? We don't want to have to feel ready before we take action because you're never going to be ready. So getting messy with it, getting into, I mean, there's no better teacher than experience. So getting into these conversations, learning where, you know, you, you want to improve, where you want to show up with more confidence, starting and, and, and having those conversations is going to be a great teacher for you to learn that. So let's move on and talk about the next of your four cornerstones, Nicole. The second one is what you really want to do is lead with curiosity. Your energy in a conversation should always be one of curiosity. Instead of like being so certain about something, you're going to create sales friction. And what you're really looking to do is, again, make a connection and get to know the person. And so curiosity is the only tool that you have in a conversation to show somebody that you care. And I think that's really important because people want to be cared about. And even more than being right or, or anything else, they want to feel cared about. And, you know, people will never remember what you said or did. They will remember how you made them feel. So staying curious and not coming to the conversation with judgment, not making assumptions um, is really, really important because that, that keeps you in, again, you're present and you're listening when you're staying curious and you're not so worried about what's the next thing to say because you're genuinely listening to what they have to say and staying curious about it. It seems like a lot of the time people are, I know I was in this place if we're goal-driven 
and we care a lot about our goal, then we can be really focused on trying to hit that metric, like trying to make the sale because we need the sale or we really want the sale. We want this to succeed. And I just found that that really turned off that curious part of my brain, the listening part of my brain as you can only really focus on one thing, right? And as long as I was so focused on the sale, I couldn't really focus on them and I couldn't learn the things that I needed to learn in order to improve. And also like you're saying, like people want to feel cared about. And I just know in, that in retrospect, I can see that that was one of the biggest hindrances that I was facing. I think that's a really good point that you make too. When people are so focused on the race to the finish line and the, and the goal, like salespeople at the end of the day have a target on their back, right? Whether you're a, an entrepreneur and you own your own business or you're working for a company, whatever capacity you are selling in, you have metrics that you want to meet. You have goals that, that you want to make, but we can't lose sight of the fact that there's another person that we're in a conversation with and they're a human being. We want to treat them as such and not be so focused on, I've got to meet my goal, um, that we're not actually listening and staying present. I think mindset gets a lot of press in the the business and the entrepreneurship world. And it's a, a word that gets thrown around a lot. You need to improve your mindset. You need to upgrade your mindset, that sort of thing. And a lot of the time, it's, it's very fluffy and not very tangible what we should actually do. And so I love it when there's something really specific and, and tangible. And this is such a good application of that. We talk about, you know, having an abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset and how the abundance mindset will help you so much. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways in which it will, including if you have an abundance mindset, then you can say yes to the right opportunities and no to the wrong ones and lots of things like that. But this is another like very specific application where if you feel like there are plenty of leads out there, and like the sales will come easily, then you will be able to turn on this part of your brain and be curious and listen. Versus if you have more of a scarcity mindset, then you're going to have a really hard time shifting your focus away from just trying to get that sale because you feel like you need the sale and you don't feel like there are enough opportunities out there. For sure. Well, and that brings up actually the third cornerstone. You're, you're, that was the perfect segue, Jillian, because the third one is we want to build empathy in the conversation. We want to understand where they are coming from. And when we are only focused on our own goal, then ultimately we're not thinking about them. We're not wondering why would they want to make this decision? And I always like to say... <laughs> People all listen to the same radio station. What's in it for me? And that's really where people are. are we all are, right? What, what's in it for me? And so when somebody's in a conversation with you, staying curious leaves you in that or puts you in that position to, to listen and to want to ask good questions. And when you are asking those questions, you should really be seeking to understand the other person's perspective, the other person's point of view. Because I think there's a big difference between selling and buying. When you're trying to sell somebody something, you're making it about what you want. When you're helping them make a buying decision, then you're really focused on what they want and what's best for them and, and, and best for both of you, right? We should want the best and highest outcome for, for both parties in a conversation like this. And people do things for their reasons, not yours. Your job is to stay present in that conversation and understand where they're coming from and why they would want to make that decision and help support them in making the decision that is best for both of you. Could you give us some examples of the sorts of questions that you might ask a lead to help figure this out? Unpack that. Tell me Tell me more. Well, that's kind of what I want you to do. I want, Very yeah, simple. Uh, just get them talking. Yeah. What are some of the your favorite or go-to questions that you use to get your prospects to talk? No, I mean, that was literally one oh. of them. <laughs> uh, if somebody says something in a sales conversation, I'll say, oh, unpack that. Tell me a little bit more. Or I might say... Um, 
Really? What makes you say that? From a place of curiosity. When we ask the question, when we're seeking to, to build that empathy, to build that understanding, and we ask from a place of curiosity, then it, d- it does come ac- you know, across as a place of genuine concern, genuine care. Like, really? What makes you say that? And it just gets people continuing to talk. And what happens a lot of times, I mean, th- this is like what therapists do, right? They get their, their patients to talk and then their patients have realizations and go, oh, I heard myself say that out loud and now it sounds different. And a lot of times that's what we're doing in a conversation. We're helping, again, we're helping them make a decision. That's what salespeople are. We're professional mind maker uppers. We're not there to sell them something. We're, we're, we're there to help them make a decision. And the way to do that is to ask them questions that help them have those awarenesses as well. And when you get them talking, many times they're saying things out loud mm-hmm. for the first time that, you know, have just been hidden up in their head and they have ahas and realizations and it helps further them along in that decision-making process. We just put the finishing touches on a brand new free business course for all of you who are listening right now because you're just getting your business started. I know that when you are in those beginning stages, there are so many unknowns and it can be hard to grasp the big picture of where you're really taking your business and what you need to do to grow your business and reach your goals for it. So that's why I decided to create this free small business 101 course that gives you that big picture perspective. It teaches you the basics of what you need to do to get your business started, as well as helps you to understand actually how your business is going to make money and how you can set up a sales funnel to drive sales into your business, how you can start working with those customers sooner rather than later. So if this sounds like it would be helpful to you and you want to get your hands on a free copy of this course, then just head to gillianperkins.com slash 101. Now let's move on to that fourth cornerstone. The fourth one is the person in control of the conversation is the person asking the questions. So when you've taken the time, first of all, to look at what conversations are coming up in my world that are critical and important, and you've thought about them ahead of time, maybe you've written down some questions that you want to ask, and then you're staying curious in the conversation, you're building empathy in the conversation, then you have the courage to ask the hard questions. For example, the the, the example that I just gave you, really, what makes you say that? If I'm in a conversation with somebody who has just shared with me, like I'm, I'm a sales coach. And so people are, you know, looking to invest so that they can learn how to sell and, and get more clients. And many times in our conversation, they'll spend 15 minutes telling me, here's what's going wrong. Here's what I can't figure out. Here's where I'm losing revenue. Here's where I'm, you know, all, all the reasons why they might need my help and support. And then when they're like, oh, that sounds great, but I can't afford that. Really? What makes you say that? I'd stay curious right there because I, I I don't know, based on for the last 15 minutes, what you've told me, you're losing a lot of money as well without being able to capitalize on these opportunities. So is it true that you can't afford it? Like, I'm a little confused. Why are we in this conversation, mm-hmm. right? I'm not saying every single person is is meant to be converted in a conversation. But if you've just shared with me that the, I'm seeing holes, I'm staying curious. And I don't want to be like, well, you told me blah, 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 blah. Really, what makes you say that? And then I might mention, well, you said earlier, you know, you're losing a lot of money here. And and again, I don't want to be too nuanced with the conversation, but hopefully that's supportive in in helping you see where the questions that you're asking actually come from the fact that you stayed Mm -hmm. curious and you're building empathy. That gives you the, Mm -hmm. the courage. And when you are the one who is asking the questions, you are in control of the conversation, even though you're not the one doing the majority of the talking. So it's really helpful because people have those realizations, those ahas, and it's helping them understand a little bit better why they might want to actually make a buying decision because of things they hadn't heard or considered before. We've all been on the wrong end of that too, 
when you say that the person asking the questions <laughs> controls the conversation. And you could take that in a lot of different ways, what I just said. You know, we've all been on the wrong end of that. What I'm thinking of is I think we've all been trying yeah. to like answer emails that are coming into our inbox and people write in with lots of questions. And as long as we are playing our part in the conversation they're trying to have and just answering all their questions, it's a lot of work for us. And we're definitely not controlling that conversation, right? I think most people who create content on the internet in any form experience this a lot. You put things out there and then people have questions about them. So they write you and they want your advice. And I don't personally man my inbox most of the time. I've got customer service people who do that, but they definitely get the brunt of that sometimes where lots of people writing in with lots of questions and it you have to skillfully kind of flip the script on them, turn the conversation around and start asking the questions yourself because then you have greater control over the conversation and you can help them a lot more. Because like you were talking about earlier with a therapist, that is how you can help people to solve the problem themselves. They have the most information about the problem, so they are really the best equipped to solve it. But you have to get them thinking by them answering the questions. Well, and it's interesting that you say that because that is one of my strategies, techniques, call it what you will. I answer questions with a question. I don't necessarily give an answer. I stay curious, like, oh, what interests you about that answer? I, I might say something like that. It, it, it depends on the, the context and what somebody said. But a lot of times I will, uh, because again, I think sometimes people are looking for the answer. And like you said, they have the answer themselves. So I think that would be a powerful way as well to answer mm -hmm. a question with a question. And of course, sometimes people need information. But a lot of the time, if the answer is just given to them as like the answer or the solution that you would find in the answer key of a test, it's not It's not going to fully sink yeah. in. They're not going to understand how to apply it. It won't come with enough context. And so you have to have a longer conversation. If you just answer the question, that, that ends the conversation. Mm -hmm. Now they have no reason to keep talking to you and they haven't yeah. really been helped either. So you have to, as you said, answer the question with the question to continue the conversation, to help them to think through it more, whether it ends up being you giving them the information or them just realizing that they already had the answer. Exactly. And that is what you just said is spot on. That's really what we're looking to do is open up the conversation, continue the conversation. And if we give an answer, sometimes it closes the conversation. And it's funny that you mentioned that too, because when I was a teacher, that is, I used to be a high school teacher and that's exactly what I did. My students would come and ask me questions and I'd ask them a question that helped them go and find the answer for themselves because they learned more that way. So it sounds so easy, right? <laughs> How can we put this into practice? <laughs> Such a good question. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It, it, we'll call it simple. We won't call it easy. It's simple, right? It's very foundational. And, and really so much of, of what we really need to be doing in our business and in our sales conversations is simple. We make it more complex because we have a fear around selling. Um, I say we because so many people fall into this, this category where it's like we put hurdles in the way. So it is simple, but it takes practice. It takes integrating this into what you're already doing um, so that you're starting to improve your, your sales conversations intentionally. 
So one of the, let me, let me give everybody an example, because I think this will be a really great way for everybody to immediately integrate this into something that you're already doing. When you want to open up a conversation, one of the reasons people don't start conversations is they don't want to be rejected, right? Whether it's conversation with somebody brand new that you just met or that, you know, that you're about to meet or a, a pr- potential prospect, whatever it is, rejection is always one of the reasons that we don't open up a conversation. So this phrase that I'm about to share with you is actually a great way to open up a conversation rejection free. And if the person's not interested in your thing, that's totally cool. So this is one of the things that I teach my clients about how to talk to people for the you know first time about their services. And here's the phrase. I'm not sure if it's for you, but dot, dot, dot. Whatever it is that you're about to introduce is what you're going to put after the but. So I'm not sure if it's for you, but I'm doing a master class and it's all about how to have more energy and feel better by just switching a couple of things that you eat. Is that something that you might be interested in? So ultimately, you're saying, I'm not sure if it's for you. So if it's not, that's totally cool, because I already said I'm not sure if it's for you. What also happens to the other person's brain in their subconscious, they're like, I'll decide that. Let me decide. It's almost like there's a little bit of FOMO, right? If somebody's like, I'm not sure if it's for you, well, I'll make that decision. So they're listening. Now they're like, well, let me figure it out. And so here's the thing as well. The word but negates everything that came before it, right? So a lot of times people say, don't use but. But in this position, in this sentence, now you've got people focused on whatever comes after the butt and you are negating what came before it because you're saying, I'm not sure if it's for you, but I'm going to tell you about it anyways. And if it's not for you, that's totally cool because I said it might not be. And now you've gotten them focused on the thing that you really wanted them focused on to begin with because they're waiting to hear it because they're like, I'll make a decision if it's for me or not. So it's great because if they say, yeah, that's not really for me. Cool. No big deal. If they say, oh, yeah, I'd like to hear more. Now you've opened up a conversation. And, you know, the big thing with sales, too, is it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so we're looking to open up conversations that continue, that have commas and dashes at the end of them, not a race to the finish, like you said earlier. I'm not trying to one call close somebody that I just met, but I do want to provide value. I do want to get to know you. And I also am not just going to assume it's for you. So not sure if it's for you, but here you go. And if somebody says, no, I'm not interested. Another thing you could say is no big deal. Who do you know that might be? If you feel in that moment that they might know somebody, that's a great way to also continue a conversation. But what you've done is you've just said what you, you know, wanted to introduce in in the chance that it's valuable for them. And if not, there's really no rejection because you've identified it might not be for them. I sense that you have some more rejection-free openers for us. I do. I have another one. It is one of my favorites because I I just think it's so funny that... um, like if I were to ask everybody that's listening to this right now, if they consider themselves to be open-minded... It's like asking people if they're a better driver than average, right? Something like 80%, 90% of people think they're a better driver than average. Right. We'd all say that we are. Yeah, I'm a better driver than average, of course. Um, I never speed at all, but mostly, yeah. So it's funny because everybody wants to identify with open-minded. And so what's the alternative to being open-minded? Close-minded. That's why nobody wants, you know, nobody's like, I I mean, some weirdos probably are, but um, are probably like identifying that way. But ultimately, everybody identifies with open-minded for the most part. And so a great way, again, rejection-free, to introduce something to somebody is, hey, how open-minded are you about checking out my masterclass? Hey, how open-minded are you about going to that new su- uh, sushi restaurant? Hey, how open-minded are you about hosting the party at our house? Again, it's applicable in more than just sales conversations, more than just introductions for the first time. But it's a really great way because what you're actually asking the person is how open-minded are you, not do you want my thing or not. So the question is really how open are you about it versus can I tell you about this masterclass? 
And again, it opens up a conversation, which is exactly what we want. You know, I always like to say a no just means not right now. So if somebody isn't interested right now, a lot of times if you nurture the relationship and they definitely have a need for it, then down the down the line, they may definitely become a buyer. And so we want to open and continue the conversations. So Nicole, how open-minded are you to giving me some more examples of how you could use that in a sales conversation? <laughs> like give me some different examples of like situations where you might use it. You mentioned one sales context being how open-minded are you to mm -hmm. hearing more about my masterclass? Give me some other ways in which you would use it. So if I'm in a sales conversation, let's say where somebody's a, a legit interested buyer and I feel like maybe they're kind of on the fence, I would say, how open-minded are you about checking out some of the results that my clients have gotten in working with me? Or how open-minded are you about speaking with one of my clients who's had really great success in our work together? That's a, a place that you could use it. How open-minded are you about trying to solve this problem differently? Like you've just shared with me a lot of the things that you've, that you've done to try to work on this. How open-minded are you about approaching this differently? There's another one that I really like. And again, it's a rejection-free opener. Great way to introduce yourself to somebody. Um, it's, it's more of like a formula. OFQ is what we'll call it. The O is the opening. The F is the fact. And the Q is the question. So let's say, for example, somebody has recently joined your Facebook group. Let's say you're a coach, you have a Facebook group, it's a free community, and you invite people in. Well, introducing yourself to them might be, you know, on, on your list of things to do. And when you reach out, you could say, hey, it's Nicole. You recently joined my Facebook group. Okay, there's the opening. Hey, it's Nicole. The fact is you recently joined my Facebook group. Then the question, make it something really simple. What are you hoping to get out of being a part of this group? Or what are some challenges you're experiencing that I could help you with? Something to open up the conversation that's really simple for them to, to answer that lets them know you're interested in them. So opening fact question. Opening, polite greeting, fact, state a mutually agreeable fact. You've just joined my Facebook group. True. And then the question is basically, how can I serve? How can I support you? How can I get talking, get you talking a little bit more and ask them something about themselves? I would be curious to know what some of the most common mistakes you see people make when they are trying to have a sales conversation or they are having a sales conversation, but it isn't successful and they don't end up closing. What are some of the most common mistakes you see that cause that? Yeah, it's such a good question. Well, we covered some of them already in just identifying that people are so quick to want to race to the finish line that they're not really listening to the other person. So I think that that's a big one, staying present. There's one of my favorite things to point out. The word listen actually is the same letters that are in the word silent. So I think it's really important that we remember listening is so important to staying present and really helping the other person feel cared about. I also think if we don't pre-frame the sales conversation, so if it's a specific, we've gotten on a call because you're interested in hearing more about my services, you need to pre-frame it so that the other person feels safe and, and knows what's to be expected on the call. So that's a big one. And probably the biggest one, to be honest with you, Jillian, people don't ask for the business. They might do all those things. They might get to the point where they, they've, you know, they've had the polite greeting. Hey, how are you? They pre-frame the call. Here's how it's going to go. They listen, they ask good questions. And then for whatever reason, they're nervous, they're, you know, w whatever it is, they don't ask for the business. So I see that that probably is one of the biggest mistakes. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us, Nicole, and for everything that you've shared with us. This has been an insightful conversation and I appreciate your, your insight and your expertise. So thank you so much for your time. Awesome. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. 
Now, here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of this episode you're listening to right now and share it out on your Instagram stories. And when you do, make sure you tag me at Gillian Z Perkins so I can see you're listening. Sharing on stories is going to help more people find this podcast so they too can learn how to build their business in a way that allows them to work less and earn more. And if you really love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts right now and leave Work Less, Earn More a review to give it a boost and help even more people find it. Okay, let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins, and until next week, stay focused and take action. Take action.